0: Hi and welcome to Dynamics Update and this time it's one of the regular episodes and we have actually made it all the way from version 6 where we started to version 30 which I think it's uh, fairly cool and with me as usual I have Gustav Sundlad. Hello Johan. How are you doing today? I'm great thanks how are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. It's a bit, it's a bit late in the evening, but that's when I can get the uh, peace and quiet to do these kind of things. Yeah. So uh, that's uh, that's
1: not always a bad thing. It's not always. And you and I did uh, lunch yoga today as well, mentioning to the crowd, right?
0: <laughs> yes, yes. I feel, so I feel, feel so healthy. But while up. our
1: colleagues went to Pizza Hut and had pizza <laughs> buffet. <laughs> yeah. Perfect balance in life. Either you go with Pizza Hut or you go with lunch yoga. That's uh but it was good. loosening, loosening loosening up. Yes. But now we are not going to talk about either
0: yoga or pizza hut. <laughs> we are going to talk about FNO, which is our favorite topic. Of course. And as usual, there is a new uh, release out and uh one of the things that what that we actually I thought that we'd actually talk about is about the updates about the quality updates you had a reflection
1: there yeah, and we've mentioned or touched upon this subject before, but it popped up recently this week, and it's, I've been hearing it, um, Some not so much confusion, but just it's, it's worth emphasizing and clarifying that we always, these podcasts are for each version, it's 29, it's 30, but it's it's not like it, there's only those releases. There, there are a lot of quality updates coming daily, on a mostly daily basis, and um I think now we've also gone down to seven releases per year, uh, right I think that's the case and um but you don't have to like select it's not only version 30 it's version 30 including the latest quality updates uh, so which you can get like every day and those are bug fixes uh, containing the, the not new features, uh, only bug fixes coming from from this re- first release of that version uh, up until well next wave basically. Uh, so it's worth mentioning that you need to select a quality update to start with and ensure that you stay on the same quality update for testing purposes. But then, it always makes sense. I think you, Yuan, had the strategy that we discussed before to try to stay as close to the latest quality update as possible while also achieving, of course, room in your sprint for testing. But it's important to distinguish between quality updates and the and the actual version that um, try to stay on top as late as possible to. Not have to run into bugs that are already fixed in a quality update.
0: Yeah, so so my recommendation is basically when you start the sprint, go with the latest update you can find. Uh, the, the latest package with the latest quality updates, which happens to coincide with your sprint start. And then uh, when you're done with the sprint uh, and you are going to start UAT testing, then uh, do a quality update package. Uh, at, at just before you start the UAT testing, mm. because the quality updates doesn't contain any kinds of features. It only contains hotfixes mm. and bug fixes, which means that if there are bugs that you haven't discovered during the sprint, then you will most likely, then, then Microsoft might have found them and mm. fixed them, and you will not have to find them during the UAT <laughs> testing. Exactly. Uh, and since it only contains hotfixes, Hopefully, uh, they haven't managed to, to introduce too many bugs in the hotfixes. Yeah. And as always, they're accumulative,
1: right? So getting the latest hotfix gives you all the other fixes as well. Um, and I mean, it, yeah, it's, it's, even if you're not getting it, it makes sense to stay on top of the documentation here because then if you encounter a bug, uh, it's most likely more efficient for you to just go to the page, uh, the KB page listing all of the bugs that are fixed. Uh, and see if you're among them, if your uh, particular bug is there, um, as opposed to creating a ticket and I mean, going through the hoops to um, to find it out another way, uh, and then you can take an informed decision of whether to go with it or, as I think you mentioned as well before, you um or release something that you know is not working if that's doable for you. It all depends on the scenarios, right? <laughs>
0: It it depends on how severe it is. Yeah, and and one recommendation there is actually when you do a quality update, uh, you can actually go in through LCS and you can actually export the list of hotfixes to like an Excel and mm-hmm. just copy and paste them into the release notes. Yeah, exactly. Because then you have a documentation, you have a paper trail. And also one of the important things that you said here is that since there are releases, multiple releases actually every day, it's very, very, very important to have a process around this, mm. because okay. what will happen if if, if you create a package and deploy it to an environment, you go into the environment in LCS, you uh, click on, on available updates, and you create the package, and then you deploy it to the environment, and then you don't save the package in LCS, but you go into the next environment, and you click give me all of the updates. Mm. That will not be the same updates as you had on the previous environment yeah. because it might have been a couple of updates that were released after that. So, and, and what you absolutely don't want is environments that behave differently. You want them on the exact same build number to have them consistent. Yeah. So it's important that you save the package and that you tell all of the developers that this is the package to use. I know there are newer updates, but this package is the one that you are using. Yeah,
1: exactly. Makes a lot of sense, right?
0: <laughs> yes, it does. So, so that we can have consistency. That's that's good.
1: That's good. And who doesn't want a paper trail? That's always something good to have. But... <laughs> that's
0: good. <laughs> uh, all right. So, so my first one is actually one of yours that I have stolen, <laughs> uh, and it has to g- has to do with monitoring because. Since uh, since the beginning of time, almost or at least the beginning of time for FNO, uh, one of the main concerns have been how do we monitor FNO, and the answer from Microsoft has always been LCS. Mm-hmm. And most big enterprises ask, "What is this LCS thing you're talking about?" <laughs> uh, and you explain to them that this is a, a management portal for FNO. And they say, okay, so we are going to monitor everything else in one place, and only FNO in LCS. Yes, <laughs> yes. Okay, so can we but can, it's can really we send cool, like right? uh,
1: compared to what we were? Yeah, it's doing. it's
0: really cool <laughs> and it's nice design and so on. Can we send notifications? No. no. <laughs> so we actually have to sit and watch it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> no, that's not gonna work. Actually, that is not gonna work whatsoever. So, one of the things that's been on the on the um, backlog for a really, really long time is a good way to monitor things. And uh, I'm actually going to bring up two different things right now because one of those are that within FNO you are able to um, to connect your FNO environment to Azure App Insights. So you can actually, with the URL within FNO, uh, tell it to send all of the logs to an App Insights instance. And that's, it's a, that is a really, really good thing because then you actually get everything in one place. You don't risk it getting lost. You don't get to risk it getting deleted. You can save it as long as you want. You can even push it out to a data lake w- once the retention time goes out, hmm. so you can actually save it basically forever if you want. Hmm. You can go back, back and get like performance uh, telemetry from like years before and and see trends and so on. So that's that's really really good. Uh, it will also save all of the the exceptions, all of the user sessions, everything uh, to to uh, App Insights, which is good. Yeah. But what we also have ...is uh, a possibility to do the same things with point-of-sales terminals. Uh, that has also been one of the problems... ...because you usually you either install it in an Android uh, environment... ...or you install it on a Windows PC. And if you install it on a Windows PC... Um, it makes it a bit easier because then you usually have like some kind of an SCCM yeah. uh, agent or something collecting logs and sending it back to SCCM. But now you can actually have the POS terminal directly sending the logs back to App Insights. Yeah, the commercial. Which means logs. that you exactly. can. Yeah, exactly. And which means that you can also, you can actually collaborate them between uh, the FNO logs and the post logs. So if you see an issue, with a post client, you will actually have the same timestamp in in the FNO
1: logs. Yeah, and you will also get another part of the story. I suspect with the commerce scale unit as well. Uh, so you get like the whole. It's very chatty, so it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, it's a very, <laughs> it's, it's a lot of calls going back and forth here. So it's interesting to see how, how much uh, data and volume this will this will generate. But um, it's and of course it makes sense that it's uh, a step with um, well in the. The allocation of LCS—I mean, moving it out—but again, you as you say, it's been a—it's been on the wish list since day one, basically, to be able to streamline all logging events here. But it, and it makes sense; otherwise, you'll have to have someone who understands how to troubleshoot in LCS. Um, but still, you need someone to understand the commerce, the commerce complexity, basically, or knowing how to do it. But it—it it opens up a bunch of new scenarios, um, not the least like fraud detection patterns as well. It's also interesting to see. Catching a lot of log on, log off sessions, etc.
0: Yeah, and also that that a lot of companies actually do like like um, uh, analytics on the logs yeah. just to be able to see like spikes in events mm-hmm. and so on. Uh, not that that as you as you're saying that the IT department. Mostly will not understand most of what it says in the app insights logs, but that doesn't matter because if that's, they say a big see a big sp- sp- spike in X plus plus exceptions, yeah. for instance, then you can uh, point them to say that okay this happened after we did our last release okay so so we
1: broke something then we need to fix it yeah absolutely a lot of cool pattern pattern, pattern detections there that you can imply like uh, now we see uh, we usually get one of these one or two of these event ids or whatever the log is uh, but now we have an abnormal amount so those those patterns are really interesting to to apply yeah and 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 and
0: the good thing is also that that there has been a lot of limitations within LCS. Yes. For instance, you have only uh, a, a fixed amount of of maximum time spans that you can analyze, and so <laughs> on. So you need actually to do it in a specific uh, a specific time when it happens, and so yeah, on. So, so it the, it it's, I I think this is
1: really good. It's been very it's been uh, quite a challenge sometimes to 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 narrow it down, not to say the least. Yes. Cool. I'll continue that note on Post sign. Another um, self-service or self-serve diagnosis capabilities. Um, this is more on the Post authentication on the sign-in. It's a new feature that provides um, self-serve diagnosis capabilities um, to help store employees and managers identify and fix like Post sign-in issues. So, so what it means is they've um, extended the amount of error messages and made them more clear. Uh, so uh, it explicitly says that it's improved to provide concrete root cause information i haven't been able to test these out yet uh, to see what it means but another feature that I, I thought worth mentioning is a test logon function is now available on the worker page in commerce you have these all, you know you have these like validation uh, buttons that where you can check that the setup is complete now there is a test logon function where you can actually test does this worker uh, is it possible for this worker to log on to the pulse where you can simulate pulse sign in uh, so you get an extra validation step to prevent because it is one thing to be like configuring all the workers setting up all the um uh, pos's uh, there's a, it's a whole nother thing to be there on the floor and you have to install 20 pos's before the store opens and you run into an error it can be quite stressful for those for um, installers being out there so the more validations and checks you can do beforehand before rolling out the better so this is a nice feature i think uh, the function provides an actionable troubleshooting guide, so you can see why did it not work. Why couldn't I log on? Hopefully, so it's a good good little feature.
0: Yes. Uh, so my next one is is actually a warehouse management feature, which I thought uh, sounded interesting, and I th- I think I've actually understood what it means. So um, it it has to do with multi level detours in the in the uh, warehouse applications. <laughs> So you can actually force your warehouse workers to do a specific thing before they do another thing. Yeah. Uh you can you can actually make it like a workflow so that if they are going to, to um for instance if they're going to pick from, from a um a, a license plate uh shipping, then they can they actually have to first pick the license plate and then uh, things and, and also if you have issues with uh, inventory for instance they actually you can force them to actually fix the inventory issue before they pick things yeah. for the order and so on so so you you press one uh, menu item in in the app and you actually end up in a completely different place because you need to do this first yeah unless you can do this later yeah. so
1: Based on some some um, like a query or logic, depending on who you are or what you're doing, right? Yeah, exactly. That's really cool. I mean, there are a number of scenarios there. For I saw one uh, at a previous client where they had like, which I think everyone has in, in some regard, um, problems with lacking master data, specifically like weight information on, on a lot of items. And in order for like an automatic warehouse to work properly, you need to really have like the measurements at least after of the boxes otherwise you don't know where it fits right so one option would be to um to trigger items where where we need some kind of more information on that item and then you could route the worker to a specific station or other application, but it only fires if we are missing some type of data on it then you need to measure it that's a classic scenario where you if you don't have weight, perhaps, and you need to have weight, then okay. Um, items that doesn't have weight, you need to route them through here, and otherwise you'll have to. Otherwise, you can carry on as normal. It's really cool. Yep. Yeah. that's that's.
0: I th- I think that's good because that that sort of forces the worker to adhere to this specified process and and not uh, make as many errors. Yeah. Um, I know we have I We have an issue with, with the with the customer right now where they need to add freight to to a to an order before they send it off and and uh, they have some kind of a process picking up orders that doesn't have freight and fixing it so this this could possibly be one of those things that you you're you can't really send the order unless you have verify that it has freight or something like that and
1: it's going to be create a lot of frustration for the poor workers out there who actually need to use it um it makes sense to kind of see if the efficiency of amount of picked lines per per hour uh decreases dramatically then maybe you should (laughs) not reroute (laughs) you should keep the existing one worth measuring right i'll I'll carry on that torch from the um, supply chain part with um another new feature it's actually an old feature that is new and improved and rebranded it's the sensor data intelligence add-in for supply chain management it's a renamed version of the uh, previous iot intelligence add-in basically it's sensor data right it's an application it's an add-in tool um, where you can configure iot iot hub basically sensor data from machines and equipment in order to, from an ERP perspective, update maintenance asset uh, counter values, um, and it's uh, I think they've s- simplified the installation part here of the actual component. And specifically, it's it's on your own subscription. Basically, you're you're using Azure components. Uh, again, another step here to... Well, it's, it says to it's because then you are in control, and it makes sense. Then, then you can control it, but then you also it's not included in the license, right? And it's scalable. So um, a lot of different stuff: machine status, um, you can do product quality, uh, but you need to, it's using sensor readings like moisture, uh, temperature. Um, you can predict uh, predictive maintenance where you, if you know something has been running or vibrations are coming up, then you can track it in three six five supply chain management so something i think we'll look into a little bit more down the line by installing the add-in and, and i can also recommend here for anyone who is interested but lacks sensors there is a number of quite uh, not too expensive at least sensor you have the asher development uh, i don't remember it's mx something chip where it's a development chip basically you can order it from amazon or any other source where you can um, you get a lot of sensors. You get an IoT Hub compatible little chip that's powered by a micro USB, uh, which you can use in a, a number of like development and testing scenarios. I have one of my own, and it's it's really fun to just get it and try out different scenarios. We built one before at the office, I think, where if someone opened a door, it triggered a um, notification in, in the Teams. <laughs> so you could do all of those things, or you could evaluate this um, scenario where but you can do it um, in the comfort of your office
0: yeah and the good thing with this, this add-in is also that you don't have to uh, build a lot of, of uh, interfaces in in um it abstracts the Azure uh, IoT components to FNO, so you yeah, don't exactly. have to build them in FNO. It 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 talks to Azure, and whatever someone smart, sm- some smart person has done in Azure, you can actually use and, and uh, leverage yeah, exactly. in, in FNO, it's which is good. Plug and play, uh,
1: but it's uh, but it's scale- plug and play, but scalable, right? <laughs> no no code, you know. That's the future. <laughs> no code, just a lot of data.
0: Yes, um, so my next one is actually uh, reporting related. There, are, There is something that, that I feel is a, a good thing in, in FNO called electronic reporting. And one of the uh, issues from my end, being a technical specialist, uh, when it comes to electronic reporting, is that it has a lot of dependencies. So there is actually a lot of you can think of it as, as multiple Lego pieces. And if all of the Lego pieces aren't in the correct place and, and the correct version, then nothing will work. <laughs> and you often uh, notice this uh, just before go live and everyone is trying to test things and they've missed some dependency and nothing works and everything, everyone is mad. So a good thing that, that is actually coming with the 30 release is a validation function. So you can actually validate a specific business document and verify that you have the correct versions, you have all of the dependencies in place and and so on Hmm. without actually having to run it because it might be in production. So you you can't run it. You can't send a file off to the bank because it's in production. But what you can do is that you can actually validate the entire process, but without actually doing anything. You can verify that there are no missing prerequisites or
1: something like that cool all right that's really cool i have another one um it's uh coming uh, it's basically the e-commerce site catching up and, and uh, implementing the power virtual agents i have I've tried this out have you worked with the power virtual agents you want we tried it out anything
0: no not that much actually it's the I think they are cool, but but uh, they are a bit about my level at the moment. <laughs> I haven't had the, the time and the focus to be able to sit down with them. That's no, cool. I understand.
1: I tried it out. I, I think I see. A, I mean, a number of scenarios. One being like um, IT internal, um, helping out in any case where you have like a lot of documentation. You have an FAQ document or anything like that. It's really uh, powerful because you could basically just throw it in there, and it will generate that number of suggested. Questions and answers for you. It's it's really pretty cool Um, It was at least a year ago. I tried that it's probably even better now Um, the feature here is basically enabling chat on an e-commerce site using Power Virtual Agents bot makes total sense. It's a, it's the Microsoft e-commerce site. Why wouldn't it have the Power Virtual Agents um, bot, of course? Um, but it's for support requests. Um, so you, I haven't tried it out, but the Power Virtual Agents framework is like, it's a power platform, right? So you could probably connect it to any any um, support process or external system, I would imagine, via Dataverse, at least, that you have. Um, and I'm gonna try it out, uh, hopefully next week internally, at least in a Contoso environment, to see see how it works. But it's uh, it's not only like support requests. The Power Virtual Agents is cool, but I haven't seen it used live. It's unfortunate, but I guess I think it has a lot of um, a lot of uh, potential, at least to to resolve these. But uh, maybe people always have someone else to ask. I suppose internally, <laughs> but. Uh, If you have a lot of scenarios where people go into a document and search for it, it's a clear-cut case for just build a chatbot, build a power virtual agent for it instead. That's good. So my final one is actually also
0: related to electronic reporting. Uh, And the thing is with electronic reporting is that uh, traditionally they have been fairly basic uh, uh, documents. So like uh, basic is Excel files, basic... uh, xml files json files they are basically made for communicating with with a system at the other end so it's it's not meant to send it to people it's meant to send to a receiving system uh, like a tax report for for uk or something like that (laughs) that is one of the uses and in that case, it's it's perfect to send an XML because the computer doesn't mind if it looks pretty or or something <laughs> like that. But in in this case, they have actually started building out these documents and and starting using them for other things. <clears throat> so uh, one of the features that is coming now is the possibility to add uh, pictures, images to to um, the Excel format files that electronic report is port is send- sending so you could for instance use it for uh having a logo on your picking list for instance that's one of the things but you could also have it like sending uh, spec sheets for certain products uh and and have them have uh, like a product image mm. linked directly in the in the tables and so on so um i i think that's uh that's a good improvement and i think it's it's one of those frameworks that I think will just get better and better as as time goes on.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, I, only have, I have two uh, like smaller ones, so I'll take those um, uh, directly here. One is um, a feature coming for a SQL query statement timeout, just worth mentioning. I, I mean, it's a timeout that runs for. if, in, if you have a query, um, you, it will time out in three hours for an individual query, uh, that is. If you have that, uh, that's probably a problem that you should fix anyway, uh, <laughs> but but worth mentioning that if you have that uh, long running queries running uh, probably custom batch jobs, um, you need to know that it will um, be timed out unless you use the query timeout API, and then you can override the default value. But again, that should be like a temporary fix. <laughs> you should probably look into that um, statement query <laughs> execution, maybe <laughs> split it up a little bit. Um, another performance coming uh, feature for the source document framework. Um, this is something that I think was introduced in AX 2012. Um, and it has created both some performance issues, but it's basically a way to to um, track source of specific documents. And it's, uh, it's a new feature where it... Um, splits the processing into smaller units of work uh, to help prevent system degradation it's the first release here is applicable for free text invoices only so um, worth looking into at least if you experience problems with performance when it comes to posting of uh, documents uh, invoices um, purchase orders etc makes sense to look into this Uh, if you have issues now with free text invoice performance posting you should look into enabling this feature for version 30 from version 30
0: cool uh so i'm thinking that we are done for today actually
1: yes that was it for today thank you
0: and uh, yes and with that we have a couple of of episodes in the pipe coming up uh with interesting people that we do interviews with but uh, until then have a nice time and uh, see you later thank you bye-bye bye-bye